Here we go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. On Rock Radio UK, the Blues Channel, you are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I've got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Justin Cody Fox. He's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Justin at the top of the hour. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, podcasts, and so much more. And you can vote in the Independent Blues Awards. The voting is open now. In the meantime, I have got some great new music I know you're going to love. And some great new artists I can't wait to introduce you to. And of course, I aim to misbehave.
girls, cause they're cooking. Ladies like the guys looking. Party has got to go All the people holler 
tell you about the dream machine the Dirty streets and silver screens Both of one left his art Down on sunset after dark Hollywood Hollywood Selling trinkets to buy a few bits There's shots of all kinds Followed by screams Down on the boulevard of dreams In Hollywood In Hollywood Here's the blue scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this.
Hi, this is Grania Duffy. I'm in Indie Blues, and you are live from the Midnight Circus. Ask 
And the goal is just 
This morning I watched the sun come up Not a cloud in the sky I went for a walk The birds were singing It just about made me cry In that moment All my tangled thoughts occurred Every little thing was right with the world Well, I may never see it coming But love won't let me Shoulder, 
than words. Gonna rock these shades. Gonna scream my name. Make you shout now, honey. Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Gonna rock these shades. Gonna scream my name. Make you shout now, honey. Gonna make you And now, here's an Indie Blues double shot from our featured artist today, Justin Cody Fox. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. Hey 
Justin Cody Fox from his brand new release. And uh, we got Justin on the line right now. Hey, Justin, how are you? Hey, Rich, good to, good to hear from you. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always start things off by giving our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are, not only as an artist, but as a person. And the best way to do that is to look at your journey, how you got to where you are today. So, give us the story of Justin Cody Fox. Well, you know, I, I was, uh, I tell a lot of people it always kind of starts with wherever you're, the community you were born in. I was born in a small town in North Carolina called Statesville. Um, and it's right near uh, the Appalachian Mountains. And there's a lot of, there's a rich history of music and musicians there. And our family had a lot of musicians and players. And, and we would grow up kind of playing in these family, uh, these family holiday and get together jams and everybody would pick a vocal part and learn, learn these songs. And my dad was a kind of a music fanatic and a musician and who also ended up playing in, in my band with me later on. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be part of that and I was kind of enamored with it from a young age. And, um, you know, once, once I saw the power of the guitar that really kind of set me off on this journey. And ever since I was 16, I've been pursuing it in, in one way or another. Okay. Now, you know, um, I speak to a lot of artists, and every artist seems to have that crossroad moment, that moment where several career paths were put laid before them, and music seemed like the, the most logical choice to them. And it was that particular crossroad that defined who they are as artists in, in, their, in their journey. What was that crossroad moment for you where you knew that music was a career path that you wanted to follow? Well, I, you know, two instances come to mind. The first one was I had begun playing guitar, and I really wanted to sing, and I wasn't quite there yet, but I knew I had an idea of some, some sounds that I wanted to make, and I, I entered this uh, competition at Mars Music in Raleigh when I was 14. I'd only been playing guitar for a few, maybe a year and a half, uh, and I composed a little musical piece a little instrumental piece and i went and i went and auditioned and i made it and i ended up getting fourth place in that competition you know with some full-grown adults and at that time i thought you know wow i i think if i put in the time i could i could really excel at this and that was the first time i thought 
it was worth putting in that amount of work. Um, and, and uh, after that, I decided to start singing a little bit and we, we did the battle of the bands thing at the blues competition. And, you know, I just, I had a lot of support and encouragement early on from the very beginning of showing any of that type of interest. And then really seeing it come to fruition in those performances kind of told me that, you know, you need to stick to this and, and pursue it. Okay. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the new CD. Uh, you know, every time an artist puts together a CD, he has a certain, um, I guess, story or or something in his head. If you were to um, run into someone in the street and you had to give him that elevator pitch about what this release is about and, and why they should listen to it, what would you tell them? Uh, I think I would tell them that it's, it's a culmination of me as a songwriter and as a performer trying to put everything that I've done experience-wise over the past few years together into a tangible statement that's well thought out. And, you know, even down to the name of the record, the, the subject matter comes from as real of a place as I can extract it from. And, you know, I, I can't, I've said this before, but I can't experience anybody else's life through my eyes, but I can share my experiences and hope that there's some relatable content there. And for me, um, you know, having an extra amount of time to work on this record with everything essentially being shut down, uh, I was really able to kind of curate and cultivate the music around the subject matter. And so we named it new Southern in the sense that, yes, I, I'm a musician born and raised in the South. I've got a lot of ties to that classic Southern rock genre, but I've, my way of thinking is modernized and uh, it's, it's Southern songs for a modern world to me. Okay. That's fair enough. Now let's talk about you as a songwriter. Cause you know, every good release begins with a song or good songs. Uh, when you sit down to begin that process, what is your mechanism that allows you to kind of tap into your muse? Well, I kind of have two pathways to get to that area in my mind or, you know, or, or where the mind and heart meet, I guess you could say, but, um, you know, my go-to is the guitar. So if a riff comes into mind, I start kind of miming a melody to that. But a lot of times for me, it's a phrase or a subject that I'll get in my head and I'll, for some reason, I always come up with the chorus first. So it's like the, the single I've got out right now, 18 wheels. Um, you know, I was literally driving, uh, down the road and I, the lyrics started coming into my head and I had to pull over and write them down and then take my phone and record a voice memo of the chorus. And it kind of comes to me as a cluster in that way. This is the melody I'm hearing. Um, and then I, I use the guitar more as a tool to extract the things that I'm hearing as a complete piece. And sometimes it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes six months, you know? Okay. Now, you know, Songwriters have embraced the technology in today uh, as tools in their toolbox, whether it's their cell phone to capture those momentary ideas or a um, home recording studio where you can lay out structure and then write to that structure. Uh, what are some of the tools you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer? You know, in terms of modern technology, some of the some of the things that have just made it so much easier for me to capture those ideas as they, as they come into my mind is, is the voice memo function on, you know, most uh, iPhones and Android uh, devices. Uh, when I 
start conceptualizing the melody, sometimes if I try to rush to a pen and pad, I start losing some of the finer details of how it originally kind of pops in my head. And so being able to just pick up a phone and press record and have that uh, in its most raw form, it, it kind of helps the refinement process uh, come together a little more quickly because you can really see how it originally came to your mind. I do have an interface and, and uh, microphones and everything uh, tied to my computer, but that's when I'm in more of the finalizing stages before we go to pre-production. So it's been a really big help for me. You know, one of the things um, that are coming down the pike that I've been watching really closely, uh, there was an interview with Ed Sheeran that he had on Swedish radio uh, where he admitted that he used some of the AI tools that are out there on his last release. In fact, he said that one of the songs, and he wouldn't identify which one, was completely written with AI. And I had done wow. some investigations on you know some of these tools, and I was absolutely floored by the capabilities of these tools. Um, and it, it seemed to me, I mean, you know, you're going to have people, they're going to use it as a crutch and they're going to try and, you know, but if you're staring at a blank page and you just got a thought, you could throw it into these AI generators and all of a sudden you have, you know, five, ten different ideas to spring from, you know, from that. It's like collaborating with a collaborator that doesn't have an attitude right <laughs> yeah that's right that's uh you're collaborating with an algorithm with an algorithm right what do you think of these tools i mean if would you would you ever give them a shot to, you know give them a try uh, i think if if i had access to technology like that from a technological standpoint to me it's it's very intriguing and it's yeah you know, it's uh borderline fascinating um I think for the type of music that I make and the, the reason that I make art, it wouldn't be necessarily for me. Um, you know, even this, this last record, I can proudly say that there's no quantization or auto-tune on any part of this record, not even by my choice, just by what my engineer and my producers wanted to do with the material. But if I was writing music to make a lot of catchy, melodic things that can make me a lot of money, and that was a tool that I had, if millions of dollars are on the line, uh, you better believe I would probably embrace that. Okay. Now, of course, um, every songwriter has to get to that point where they put the pen down and they declare the song finished, at least in the first phase of writing. Because we know the songs always evolve. They evolve in the studio, and they even evolve after the studio when you record it, release it, and you take it on the road. It's still an evolution going on. But you got to get to that point. Uh, what is your quantifier that you like to use to determine when a song is ready to move from that writing phase into the production phase? For, for me, I think one of the biggest indicators that a, a song is pretty much as far as I'm going to take it up to the phase of recording and letting a producer come in and, and make changes is when I've tried to change parts of it and, and gone back and then found that the parts that I thought needed to be removed for sticking in my head. So it means that I've objectified, uh, uh, I've been objective with the song, but I've gone beyond what it needed. And so I've given it all that I can give it. And for me, that's, that's when the time to, to hand it over to the recording process begins. And then other changes can evolve from that once we're in a studio and in an environment that, that allows that to happen. 
Okay. Now, um, let's talk about going into the studio. Um, because writing a song is half the battle. Going into the studio creates its identity. It creates its vibe. Uh, and every artist has his or her way of working in that environment to capture the sound that they want to identify with and and serves the song best. Uh, what is your process when you get in the studio that helps you capture the sound you're looking for for any particular song or even just to kind of identify you as an artist? So, well, you know, one of the things that I do in the studio that I've seen a couple other acts and artists don't necessarily do the same way is we always start with live tracks when we're capturing the drums. Um, we always try to track all together. Uh, most of the time to a click track, but we always try to cl- track live together and then we'll replace, uh, you know, the drums and the bass and the guitar with, with cleaner takes. But I always feel like the heartbeat of most of the songs is whatever the percussion or drums is going to be. Um, how you apply that, and then how that comes forward in a in a single take. Even if it's t- if it's a take that has some punches, that's okay. But we always want to be all together making that initial version of the song. Okay. Now um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the lineup on this. Who's playing on it? Well, uh, I did the record over two different um, kind of elongated sessions, so. Uh, the single that's out now and a, and a few of the other songs on the record feature um, Oddly Freed of Cry uh, of Love. And he was in the Black Crows for a while, and he's, uh, he plays with Cheryl Crow now. And I was lucky enough for him to bring her band in for these, these sessions. And so I've got Fred Eltringham on drums. Uh, I've got Jen Gunderman on keys. Um, and I had some other guest players and Robert Kearns on bass. And so I had a really kind of stellar all-star band. And then once we got back here to Wilmington, North Carolina, I used my band, uh, Seth Aldridge. We call him Fluff on drums. Uh, my longtime bass player, David Morse. Um, myself and Tommy Brothers, who produced the other half of the record, he played and sang on some stuff. And um, and I had two guests, backup vocalist, uh, Tarsha Murphy and Tina Levine. And I also had Rhett Huffman, who plays in American Aquarium. He played... Uh, keys on the project for me so lots of hands lots of ears lots of personnel on this record but it was two years in the making you know okay now um let's talk a little bit about getting it out there of course um you got to put together your team and you're working with patty devries of devious planet uh, media uh tell me about that relationship well you know patty has been nothing but supportive from the moment I made contact with her, I was referred to her um, by some by some close mutual music, musician friends, and uh, you know they said this is who you need to reach out to because she's going to put in the work that gets you where you want to get, and she has the contacts that are in the scene that's appropriate. And you know so far she's been very active in helping me make new contacts and get new exposures, uh, and I've been very happy with the relationships. So I'm very very proud of that. Okay. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the industry itself, because, you know, the the elephant in the room here is uh, the consumers out there have embraced streaming as a way to consume music. Um, CDs are definitely on their way out uh, because of the fact that you can't buy a CD player. Uh, You can't get... (laughs) 
I mean, seriously, you can't get it in a new car. You can't go to Best Buy and, and buy a CD player because they don't have them anymore. Uh, the only place you can get them, I think, is Goodwill and any thrift shop that you might be able to trip over one. Um, used car. <laughs> used car, yeah, an old old used car. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it and it, even vinyl. I mean, let's, let's face it, vinyl is not going to save our asses. The only reason vinyl is you know surpassing cds and sales is the fact that nobody's buying cds not that there is a huge influx of vinyl people and you know and be honest with you most of these people the kids today that are buying vinyl have absolutely no clue on how to eke out all of the nuances that are in vinyl you know they'll take it throw it on a usb uh turntable and listen on earbuds you know they don't yeah. know what hi-fi is high fidelity <laughs> you gotta have you gotta warm some tubes up to yeah. get that sound there you know you, you got you gotta get some tubes warm and you gotta know you know how to get good speakers you know i remember growing mm-hmm. up we used to finance our speakers you know that was a big deal um <laughs> but recorded music now has lost its status as a product it's no longer something to purchase anymore. It's now a service. Uh, they expect it on their phone. They expect it free, uh, or you know, for their whatever $9.99 or fourteen ninety nine, whatever they're paying. Um, how has this shift in perception by the consumers out there affected you as an artist? You know, I, I think it was a slow. It was kind of a slow burn for me because you know I started. I started doing music full-time when I was 16. And so by, by the time I was 18, we'd done our first record in 2004 and we printed thousands and thousands of copies of this record, mostly because we were selling CDs at shows, you know? And so now CDs have become more of a, they're a tool you, you send in to, to certain stations and publications to, to have a, a tangible copy of something. Um, but you know, now with the streaming stuff, it's, it's more so your music is like you said, it's something that you're you're giving to the consumer to keep your name on their mind, and it's more of this. It's music has turned into social media, so uh, you know, for me, I, the only the only tool it's really been useful for for me in, in the modern element is just to keep keep my name relevant to people that that like music, and and there are the the few that want to buy CDs, and I do still print them. Um, but yeah, moving into the streaming, we still try to keep the quality super high. And, and I know all these guys in the studio, the studios are better than ever. And so the music is being recorded better than ever. Um, some may argue that some of the recordings in the, the early nineties, when they had the best blend of analog and, and digital was probably the best ever. And that may be true, but the average studio engineer has access to the best stuff ever. I just wish there was a way to, uh, open up people's ears to that quality. Like you were ta- talking about. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's been hard, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been a recording engineer since 1980. Um, I'm sitting in my studio, and I, I have tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear here just to eke out every nuance of sound out of a recording. So we could yeah. compress down to a, a stream and listen to in earbuds, you know, which is very frustrating. Because you're not, getting, yeah. you're not getting that 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 quality that I'm putting out is not translating out to this compressed sound, um, mm-hmm. you know. Which is you know, like I said, it's frustrating. But one of the things that I've um, I've been keeping an eye on is the fact that 
the revenue that we get from streaming. You know, uh, the guy who owns Spotify is making more money than the top 10 artists on his platform. There's a problem there when that happens. There, there really is a big disparity. And it's not a sustainable business model. We cannot continue to run an industry that does not compensate fairly the artists that are creating the content. You know, the, yeah. you know, the, the music and, and so on and so forth. So there is a huge um, uh, disconnect with the dynamics of, of paying properly for that content. Um, what do you think? It's needs disheartening. To yeah. What well, you, you know, what do I think needs to happen? I, I, I don't think we can go back technology wise um, because it's already all been put in place. I, I think the the Spotify phenomenon is it's an issue of someone having a really good idea that snowballed into a very profitable idea. And once once a lot of money gets into the hands of someone that likes to have a lot of money, it's kind of hard to change the dynamic. But uh, you know, I think if if there was a way for some of the artists that are big enough to do this, to privatize the distribution of their music to their fans and to people that want to hear it through their own means, it may create better avenues of compensation for, for smaller artists to kind of umbrella under these, these circumstances. But, you know, then we're talking about the idea of uh, different technologies and different services and, you know, convolution is possible in that, but that may be one way that we could, increase the profits or, you know, maybe it, it gets stepped into some sort of legal realm where we say, okay, the enough is enough and you're monopolizing the only way to consume music and we need to put some sanctions in place. That could be a possibility. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've seen some legislation that, that does help the independent artists. The music monitor uh, monetization act was one. It was definitely a step in the right direction. But the fact remains that um, it's still not a real sustainable model that we can we can all live with. Uh, one yeah. of the things uh, I find interesting is that uh, if you look at the history of the digital revolution, we started with LimeWire and, and Napster, where people were file sharing all over the place. And they said, oh, we got to stop this. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it evolved into iTunes where, uh, you know, and everyone said, oh, you can't stop Napster. It's too big. It's worldwide, you know, yada, yada. Then iTunes comes along and the 99 cent download and, you know, all of a sudden independent artists had this, this power where they can now control their revenue stream by using iTunes to sell their music at 99 cents a piece. And, that was and it was good thing. for a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was good for a while there. And everyone said, oh, this is Apple. You know, we'll never unseat Apple from the music industry. <laughs> um, and then along comes Spotify and, uh, you know, and Pandora. And, of course, Pandora's box was opened. And now we're all, you know, experiencing streaming. But the, the, the parable here is that it always evolves. The industry is always looking for that next um, technical revolution that's going to change it. And one of the ones that I'm watching is these new streaming services that are uh, being built on the blockchain, which is that uh, software technology that secures cryptocurrency. 
Uh, and the the one of the big things that uh, sold cryptocurrency in the beginning was the fact that it was decentralized. In other words, no company can own it, no bank, no country can control it. And that's really what's behind these streaming services is that no one company can own it or control it. It's controlled by the fans and by the artists that are putting up their content. They are really the owners of these streaming services. So it's a decentralized system. And they're claiming that they could pay up to 80% of the incoming revenue to the artists themselves. Uh, there are sites wow. that are up right now, like Audius.io. Uh, uh, there's Emanate. There's uh, Audio Locks, which is uh, supposedly launching soon. Uh, and these new streaming services are popping up all over. Uh, I know Audius has got uh, the backing of Katy Perry, Jason Derulo, Nas, Pusha T, uh, Dead Mouse, right. all these EDM artists. So it yeah, we need the big guys. That's right. who, that's who they need, you know. And and you know, it's starting to grow. What do you think of that as a potential business model for the future? You know, I think I think anything that everybody can rally behind and see real profit from is a good thing. You know, for me, it's 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 always it's always going to be changing and flowing. And I, I think if they, if we can find a good blend of Here's our here's our music on any platform you want, but if you truly want to support the artist, listen to it on this platform, and that's what we're kind of having to do right now anyway. But if we can get some of these bigger artists to kind of step in and say, I've got the power to sway enough people over to this platform, and it's the better and right thing to do. And we also offer, and they also offer the music in higher quality formats. You know, that's that's going to be something that can give give a better listening experience. I think we need to bring the high quality listening experience back into music. I think a lot of people would appreciate that and they would be willing to pay more than just a, a monthly service fee for that. Well, that's the other thing too, is you can, you can actually upload flack to, uh, to these services. So you yeah, know, you can, you can stream out. Got you ready. 
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
cufflinks to your three-piece suit. You got a pocket washing wingtips in a Cadillac coupe. A house on the hill with a great big note. Credit card payments you can never flow. No sense. And you got no sense. Got no sense down in your body. No sense up in your head. Hanging out in the hottest clubs in town Yes, you're trying to find a woman To show off all around But you ain't got no cash And man, your credit's getting thin You'll never find a woman With this awful mess you're in No sense Man, you got no sense Got no sense down in your pocket No sense up in your head Thank you. 
Thank you very, very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. River's gonna glow again. Pearl River's gonna glow again. If I fall, baby, pull me in. See me coming from the other side. Coming from the other side. Let's meet on the banks tonight.
made of gold He gets low Starts whispering with the devil About selling a soul at the crossroads Yeah, he's good and he's kind and he loves his family Every creature God created Even a wretch like me When he talks He brings hope to a stranger And when he moves I'm hearing love's
The moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues? six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
They waved goodbye to Greenville As they all boarded that plane Destination Baton Rouge But that was all about to change When that conveyor started struggling And soon gave up the fight A southern rock band from Jacksonville Became legends overnight There's an old birch tree that keeps a watch From sunrise to dark With the title of that famous song Carved into her bark For some it seems like yesterday Since that fateful flight That claimed the lives of those poor young souls On that sad October night How
day, and that day may never come. I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. Darkness like a new philosophy And I broke the bottle For breaking me My back on the pavement Waiting on the stars to answer me Beyond the sky
recorded earlier so the producer and cast didn't have to walk home in the dark.
Every time I turn around, blues right there. Take a deep breath, blues is in the air. Say the blues. Your troubling home Blues, blues, blues Leave me alone Blues, blues, blues Leave me alone Think you ought to go back Your troubling Love who you bums out of 
shows, curl up in a duvet, maybe even draw up a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice.
me I'm a dog you cannot tame Feet of my lines Feet of my lines Works every time
scale.
that's it. That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night, somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight. Add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor, things left home with my friend. I gone, lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought somebody. I mean, found it funny. I got knocked in the head, man, by old friends. Now lying here, think I'm dead. I'm